Hey, what's up? This is Britt Hodge with the Good Christian Podcast, coming to you live from Redding, California. Don't even know why I said that. Just want to be honest. This is our third time to record an intro. The sound keeps messing up. So, in order to not sound rehearsed, I got to come up with some new jazz for my man Marcel Fisher. He's from Austria. I look up to this guy. He's a young man who has been walking with the Lord and came to ministry school with me for three years now. I've been with him evangelizing. He prays for the sick and they get healed. He leads people to Christ at the gas pumps. He just did it the other day. I'm sure he'll talk about it in the bathroom, even in his own dreams. I already said it once. I'll say it again. He leads people to Jesus even when he's asleep. He can do it all. He's super bold, super passionate. And I just want to introduce you, Marcel. What's up? Hey, Britt. I'm so happy to be here. And I feel like the introduction is getting better every time you do it. So I love it, man. I'm blushing still. Nice. I got him to blush twice, but not the first time. So we are getting better as we go. Yeah, Marcel, um, first, give a shout out to your girlfriend before we go any further. This is going to be the third one. So put some put some pizzazz on that shout out. Okay, to my most beloved, Shatsi. Come on. Scarlett Hernandez, Woo. I love you so much. And even though we are apart from each other right now, my heart is still fixed on you. So I love you. Dang. If I was a crier, I would be in tears right now. So <laughs> let's just say we got Laura Boss in the background praying for us she prayed for us already because it's gone down three times the sound twice is our third time third time's the charm so i just want to get into it before something else goes wrong um marcel what's up can you just tell us a little bit your name where you're from and then start off with your testimony and i'll ask questions if i need to yeah i love that so my name is marcel fisher i am 22 years old I'm from Vienna, Austria. I was born and raised there. Um, it's a beautiful city, beautiful town. A lot of people ask me if I've ever seen a kangaroo. But the truth is, um, I'm not from Australia. I'm from Austria. So some people get that mixed up, but uh, it's fine. The Lord still loves them and I still love them too. So no kangaroos in Austria, but we do have beautiful mountains. And that's where uh, I grew up in a country with beautiful mountains. Grew up in a Christian family. Um, but the truth is I never had a, a personal relationship with the Lord. And the thing that I've, I've seen many times, even uh, going around in, in Austria, but also here in the U S and, and around the world on mission trips, a lot of people, they go to church and they know a lot of things about God, but they don't know God. And the truth is that's where I was at. I had no saving knowledge of God because knowing things about God will not save you, but what will actually save you is opening your heart to him. Um, like you would open your heart to a friend or a father and um, receive salvation through that. So I never had that growing up. I was just a churchgoer. I was religious to the core because I felt that 
um, going to church every Sunday made me a Christian, made me a good Christian. Um, can say that because we're on the, the good Christian podcast. And Come the on. truth is that it's so far from the truth. And um, so what, what happened was um, when I was like eight, nine years old, I started hating going to church. And I mean, despising it. Uh, it was dreadful for me to go there. It was just the most boring thing. I could think of a million things that I would rather do than going to church on Sunday. And so I just felt like it was a burden for me. And I felt like Christianity was all about um, behaving. Um, someone said, I think it was Eric Gilmore who said, Christianity is not about behaving, it's about beholding. You know, and that's, that's what, it, what I'm talking about when I talk about personal relationship with Jesus Christ. So I never had that. I started rebelling um, in my early teens, rebelling against God, rebelling against his word, what I knew to be right, rebelling against my parents. I hid um, a lot of stuff from them, uh, trouble that I was in in school and things like that. And I was just a good actor. You know, I didn't want anyone to confront me um, on my sin. And uh, that's how it went down for a couple of years started getting into pornography and I was addicted very bad. And thank God the Lord set me free a couple of years ago from that. Um, but what I want to say basically is I was just in darkness, man. I was just in sin, caught in it and not knowing how to get out of it, even though I knew um, the right way to live is, is different. Um, when I was 14, my mom, she put it on my heart or I, she strongly suggested it, I want to say that uh, I should go to youth group. And if, you have a, if you're listening, you have a praying mom, you can already surrender. You, you lost that battle. You can just give your life to Jesus already if your mom's praying for you. Let's go. And <laughs> Let's go. And so uh, that's what happened to me. And my mom said that, and she was praying for me, for my salvation, that I would really get to know God and that I would experience him and encounter him because I never had that growing up. I never heard of anyone even getting healed in my church. And so it was all stale. It was all dead to me. And then when I was 14, when my mom proposed to me that I should go to youth group, I said, uh, thank you, mom. I'm good. I don't want to go to youth group. I feel like going to church on Sunday is enough for me. Uh, I don't need another church service. It's, it's good. I'm good, really. She was like, oh, okay. And then she kept bringing it up a few times. And then I thought, you know what? Maybe I should check it out. I can just go there, check it out one time. And um, if I don't like it, my mom will probably not force me to go anymore. So that's what I did. I went to church. I went to youth group one Friday night. And I uh, still remember going there and, you know, sitting there. It was kind of awkward because I didn't know what to do. I didn't want to raise my hands in worship. I was just embarrassed. Um, and so worship started. And I still remember this. And this is one of the most amazing things that ever happened to me really this is one of the highlights of my life um worship started and as i was standing in worship i started feeling the presence of god and it was something i'd never experienced before but it was the most beautiful feeling of joy and hope and love that i've ever felt in my life never felt it before i was in church 14 years never experienced god up until that point and so when i felt that i was so confused because it was so foreign to me. I said, what the heck is going on here? But I, I love the feeling. So I remember like singing in, in worship. And for the first time, the words that came forth from my lips, they actually meant something. They came from the inside. And 
I was just astounded because I, I had experienced God and I didn't really know what it was or, or anything like that at this point, but, but I had experienced God. A couple months later, fast forward, I'm going to youth group that time already regularly because uh, I just love the feeling of the presence of God, man. I got addicted. I got hooked on Jesus. Um, you know, and anyone who's listening out there, if you have addiction in your life, you're hooked on something, whether it's sex or it's drugs or it's alcohol or even the opinions of others. Um, if you're hooked on something, I want to tell you, you were created to be addicted to Jesus and Jesus alone. And he'll give you freedom even today, just like he did for me with pornography. I know that the same spirit that set me free um, a couple of years ago is the same spirit that's present with you in that room right now. And so that's, that's the presence that I felt that later on set me free, even from my addiction. And I was addicted to Jesus. And I was at the service. This evangelist came and he just preached the gospel. And I don't know how else to explain it. I honestly don't know what exactly he preached on, but I know that it was a simple, clear gospel message. Jesus dying on the cross raising from the dead and he's giving an invitation in that service to receive Jesus. And so I'm just feeling stirred while he's preaching. There's something moving on the inside of me. And I knew that when he gave the, the call to salvation, I knew like that this is the Jesus that I wanted to receive and that I want to live with for the rest of my life. There was no going back for me. So I, I was the first one to jump up in that service saying, yes, Jesus, I want to give my life to you. I prayed um, that day. Um, the Holy Spirit came and he made his home inside of me. And I've honestly never been the same since. And that's how I, I got born again, how I got saved. Dang, that's so cool <clears throat> about the addiction part. Obviously, I don't know. I'm sure you've heard my testimony. I was super addicted to everything. Yeah, and cool. uh, I didn't want to know God unless he could actively move in power in my life. And I couldn't believe in him if he didn't. So Something that blew my mind is that God exists in power. He's not just an idea that you Come have on. to believe because you learned it. He exists in power and he will show up in power. And so that's powerful what you talked about. And I love mm -hmm. that because I would probably still be just as lost as I ever was had, I, had he not shown up in power in my life. So yeah. it's really interesting to hear that he showed up in power in your life and he sent you on this mm -hmm. journey. How long ago was that that you encountered God? I encountered God for the first time. What I just shared was eight years ago, close to eight years ago now. It's been a while. Dang, so you're pretty young. Nice. Did you immediately feel an anointing to call people to be with Jesus? Or is that something that kind of came up once you moved in, uh, moved to Reading and started going to ministry school? It, it started before that, um, before I was even saved. So, you know, I told you how I first experienced God and started joining the youth group and then it was about six months or something like that or maybe four or five months um till i would have gotten saved and so right before i got saved like a month before i went all in with god um i was invited to this outreach to join this outreach from my youth group and that's what i that's what i did i was like okay well i don't really know what this is about but you know hanging with the youth group has been fun so i'm just gonna check it out and i, I went there and it was the funniest thing. We would dress up as Santa Claus. It was a Christmas outreach. And we would go out on the streets, like 50 uh, people dressed in a Santa Claus costume and just preach the gospel. And it was 
super, super fun. But I remember being so scared. And I think this is something that's really important to know for people listening that want to grow in evangelism. Okay, I was not born bold. I was not. I was scared as a kid. Um, I was scared growing up. I was always scared of what people would think about me, um, how they would judge me. And especially when I got, you know, came into a church environment, I was scared what people would think about me going to church because it's, it's not super common in Austria to go to church on a weekly basis and, and really live in a relationship with God. So I was scared. I went to this outreach nevertheless, and I, I was just hiding behind my youth pastor pretty much the whole time. But I, I watched and I learned. And I'm telling you, Britt, I caught something in my spirit that day, that a seed that has been yielding fruit up to this day, um, where, where I realized that Jesus is not just for me. He's not just for me hiding in the church. He's actually all about going out, reaching other people. I was just, you know what, I, I know I'm kind of um, going somewhere else here a bit, but I was just reading today, Britt, about um, the last words of Jesus that he spoke. And uh, we give a lot of credit. We give, put a lot of weight on the last words before people pass into eternity. And the last words of Jesus, you'll find it in Acts chapter one. He says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses. So the last words that Jesus ever uttered while he was still on this earth was about evangelism. It was about witnessing. And so I think we got to, just do what he says, especially put credit uh, to his last words and, and put weight on them. And so when I was at that outreach, man, I was scared, but I watched and I learned and something was ignited in me there. And so the next outreach, a couple months later, I was there again. I was a bit less scared. I started talking to some people even and it turned out pretty well. And so that's how my boldness grew uh, over time. And God's just so gracious to take someone like me who used to be so scared. And honestly, sometimes I still do get scared. But I've grown so much and he's so gracious to take someone like me and just um, put boldness inside of him. The boldness of the lion of the tribe of Judah, you know. And so that's how that kind of started. Nice. I never knew that about you, but I always wondered, did you come out of the womb leading people to Jesus? But now I know. <laughs> yeah, bro. <laughs> now I know the, the truth. The midwife. The midwife hey. got saved. <laughs> <laughs> I bet she did. That's nice. Yeah, I've always used the analogy like last year. Um, something the Lord roasted me with one time. I was like in a grocery store at some point and I just flippantly was talking to a stranger about the Dallas Cowboys. And, and the Lord was like, you know, if I excited you as much as the Dallas Cowboys, you would flippantly talk about me to this stranger instead of them. Wow. That's and, awesome, man. Yeah. And then he would just continue to roast me in that way. Like if, if I can talk to a stranger about the Cowboys or you know, the last episode of whatever show, but I can't mm. tell them about Jesus. What benefit am I really, you know, to mm. them? That's so, so good, bro. Yeah. So That's that so kind good. of increased my boldness, just a challenge from the Lord. And I know everybody's journey with the Lord is so personal that he will gently uh, walk you in the direction you need to go to do what you need to do. And evangelism, like mm. we learn, is an office. You know, some people are born for it. Uh, but being a witness is for everyone. and uh, Being a witness is for everyone. That's so true, Britt. And you know what the thing is? I believe that every person has a little evangelist inside of them. Because, you know, let's say maybe you're a girl, you're listening to this podcast right now. 
you love your makeup, you know, no matter how old you are, maybe you just love, I don't know, what's, what's a makeup brand, like Mac, Mac makeup. Maybe you love Mac makeup. And so you go over to your girlfriend's and you just tell them about how amazing this makeup is that you're using. And they're like, wow, that's amazing. Like I can see it on your face. It's so beautiful. And you know, you're not shy to talk about Mac makeup. How much more are you able to be bold about the hope of glory that's living inside of you? Maybe you're a guy, you love your car. You know, you, you, you like put upgrades on it. It has like 700 horsepower. I don't know. And you're going to your guys and they're all like, man, that's sweet. And you tell them about this new turbocharged engine that you put in and you have a, a little evangelist living inside of you and with the same boldness the same joy that you have talking about those things that you love in life you can talk about jesus and uh it's it's just amazing i think when people's un potential gets unlocked like that yeah that's super good super good yeah it's amazing to me um to to flow like once you step out in evangelism it never fails I'll always be nervous, you know, when I'm out to do evangelism until I step out to the first person and we pray. Mm -hmm. And then, and then the next person comes and you feel the Holy Spirit fall on you. Like if you don't believe mm -hmm. in the Holy Spirit and you've never felt him, uh, yeah. the empowerment from on high that just totally drowns out, totally douses the, your desire to fit in or be accepted by every person. Because in those moments you realize you're already accepted by him. And he just empowers you to do what you were supposed to do, which is repair the broken world. If you have the spirit of Christ in you, your duty on earth is to repair the broken world around you. So once you step out that first time in evangelism, I always feel the power of the Lord. Um, like I say, some people feel it during worship, but I really feel it during evangelism. So like one time I was in my hometown, went to Walmart to do evangelism because it was in the in between summers from school and I was like I don't want to get out of touch so let me go see what I can scare up with the Holy Spirit got Come to the on, parking man. lot uh got to the parking lot prayed for these people didn't want to do it and they they looked like it was super awkward for them but they were willing to receive prayer so we prayed and as soon as that happened I felt the spirit just fall on me and it you know it it was like a battery it was like a boost so I went inside and the prophetic gifting and everything just fell. I could see, uh, I get words of knowledge. I would see, I spoke life to this one woman who was about to kill herself. And she actually contacted me a few days later and said that she thought that I was an angel. She was just confirming I was a real person. And that was just because I shared the love of God for her. She's never heard that before. So I'm not trying to say, look what I did. I'm saying, look what the Holy Spirit does when you step out. And then yeah. later on that day, uh, same Walmart trip. That one woman that thought I was an angel a few days later went and uh, got her coworker, and they and she just was dragging her by the shirt all around Walmart. And they came and found me in the aisle. She's like, "It's him! It's him! He's the one that said those things, and it made me feel so good." Go talk to him. And right when this lady walked up and kind of uh, to receive prayer for me, uh, she just started to manifest and fall down under the power of the Spirit. And it was just like a little revival in Walmart. And that all came on the heels of me feeling nervous about evangelism. So mm -hmm. I just bring that story up, a small testimony, so you can give us a little testimony of your own. I would love to hear a, a remarkable thing that's happened for you when you stepped out. Maybe after you were mm -hmm. nervous, maybe you're already bold. doesn't matter. I just want to hear one of your stories. Yeah. Um, I remember there was one time, and I love sharing this testimony because I, I feel like it gets the point across so well. Uh, when I was in my first year of ministry school, 
there was one time where we went on a trip to Sacramento. I was with a, a couple of friends from different school years. And so we went down to Sacramento, had a great time at the college there. And then we decided to go on a break and just uh, hang out at Starbucks, get coffee. You know, I know Americans love their Starbucks. And so, uh, I mean, Europeans do too. But I think just Americans, they bring it to a next level. They love Starbucks. And hey, let's go. Pumpkin let's go spice. Starbucks. Pumpkin spice. <laughs> Starbucks. <laughs> Sponsor bridge right here. Starbucks. Hey, <laughs> Starbucks and Topo Chico. <laughs> and so we were at Starbucks just grabbing coffee. And I, I look outside and there's a bunch of young people sitting there. I think there were like eight people. And so we, uh, we ordered a coffee and I just have them in my, I, I'm just looking at them man, and I feel something inside of me tell me, go and tell them about Jesus. And so I'm like, all right, you know, I'm probably going to maybe do that after I get the coffee. To be honest, I was nervous. I wasn't sure if I should do it or not. And so one of my friends, he says, hey man, I just really feel like to go over to that table over there to share Jesus. And I'm like, bro, I felt the same thing. So I joined him. We went together. And he started talking to them, which I was so grateful for because I was, as I said, nervous. He said, hey, guys, uh, sorry to interrupt you having coffee. Uh, I just wanted to tell you guys that God loves you. He cares about you. And they're like, oh, OK, thank you so much. And they were um, they thought we were a bit, you know, uh, annoying because the Christians are here now. Great. We won't have fun anymore. Little did they know the fun just got started right there. And so sure. my friend says. Uh, does any one of you guys have any neck pain? He felt from the Holy Spirit that someone has neck pain. And one guy goes, yeah, actually, I struggle with neck pain. And he's like, do you have it now? He says, yeah. He says, watch this. And so my, my friend just takes his hand. He prays for him. He says, in Jesus' name, I command this neck to be healed right now. Amen. He says, move it around. So the guy moves it around. He goes, what did you just do to my neck? And everyone's, you know, getting attentive slowly, all his friends, because something's happening there. So his neck gets completely healed. And um, my friend goes, um, does anyone have anything to share? Because at that point, some of our team had walked over as well. And I said, yeah, I actually felt something in my heart. And I looked at this girl and I took a major risk. I said, hey, I felt like with you, do you have back pain in your lower back? It's on one side specifically. And it's because one of your legs is shorter than the other. And she looks at me. She goes, yeah. And all the, the young people, they're looking. They're like, no way. <laughs> you know. And so I, I said, can I pray for you? Because I believe if you let me pray for you, that your back's going to be healed. God's going to grow your leg out. You're going to be fully well. Would you want that? She goes, okay. And so I, I come around the table. I grab her legs. And really, the one leg, I think it was the left one, was about an inch shorter or so. So it was definitely noticeable. So I said, um, all right, so I'm going to pray for your legs now. And, and we're just going to believe that God's going to do something. And uh, my friend, one of my friends goes, you guys, all you guys should all come around and watch this because Jesus is going to grow this leg out right now. And I'm getting nervous because I'm thinking like, oh, he better, you know, after that statement. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, I'm going to be pretty embarrassed. And so. I just started praying. I just said, okay, you know what? I'm just going to do it. I said, Lord, in Jesus name, I thank you for this amazing girl. I pray right now. You would straighten her back. You would grow her leg out in Jesus name. Left leg grow right now. And as I'm saying that, I'm praying for about 30 seconds or so. Nothing is happening. And suddenly 
wham, her leg shoots out onto the same length. And the people around it see it. They're like, oh my gosh. One girl, she was covering her mouth. She was completely shocked. It was so dramatic. And I'm, I'm just smiling because I'm like, yes, Lord, you did it. Thank, thank God, you know, you showed up. And all of a sudden, bro, I felt this boldness come up on the inside of me. And I felt like I have to share the gospel with them. It's an injustice to leave someone with a miracle and not share about the one who did it for them. Yeah. And so I, I stood up and, and I said, okay, guys, um, I want you to listen to me for a minute here. What you just saw was real. God is real. He showed you that he is real and that he loves you. And he's not just interested in doing miracles. He's not just interested in you going to church, but he wants a personal, intimate relationship with you. And they're all just looking. Um, and I say, I just want everyone to close your eyes right now. And, and I, all of them closed their eyes. <laughs> and I preach about the cross. I preach about what happens when you receive Jesus. And I said, if you're here right now and you want to open your heart to this Jesus, you want to give him your life, then raise your hand right now at Starbucks. You know, like pe there's people going around, but it was like we were the only ones there. And all seven or eight of them sitting at the table, they raised their hands. They say, I want to give my life to Jesus. And so we, we prayed together prayed a salvation prayer, the sinner's prayer. They got beautifully born again. And we were there for half an hour discipling them, speaking truth um, over them and just prophesying, you know, what the Lord thinks of them. And it was powerful, man, because seven or eight people got saved within five minutes in, in that case. But the truth is I was scared to go up to the table even. And I'm so glad that someone else said, um, I'm going to go up so I could join them. And so whoever you are listening if you're scared of evangelism or if you're super bold already, just want to encourage you to get around people who carry that same heart, who carry the heart of the Father for the lost. And I, I promise you, as you honor them, as you position yourself to learn, it's going to rub off on you. You know, the anointing flows through honor. So the truth is, if you honor someone for who they are and what God has given to them, some of that is going gonna, is gonna to come on your life um, in seed form and you'll get to see it grow as you do it. So that's my encouragement. That's a testimony right there where I was scared, but God showed up. Thank God. Yeah, that's so good. Um, that's true when you said the anointing flows through honor in a way. Um, that's the same thing as saying loving on people is really ultimate evangelism. Like that, if you just love someone, especially if they aren't loved that often, it opens up such a window for miracles and supernatural stuff to happen. And to the people that listen out there, they're like, oh, supernatural. That sounds so stupid. Um, I don't believe in miracles and whatnot. The Bible says, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. So you need to go into your secret place, plug into the Lord, get closer to him. The closer you get to him, the more crap he burns off of your life, runs out of your heart. Your heart becomes pure, and then you'll be able to see these things instead of being so skeptical about it. I was skeptical about it for a long time, and the closer I got to the Lord, the more pure my heart got. Uh, the more easy it was for me to see that He is actually supernatural. He actually works through miracles. It's in the Bible. Miracles never were supposed to stop. They should keep going. And Marcel, he's followed around by miracles. Uh, more than most people that I know, um, especially in school. <laughs> yeah, so I just say that because you go for it all the time. Uh, you're well known for going for it, for being bold. So do you have anything else to add in? I feel like 
this has been the quickest podcast I've ever had, but you've covered everything. I would just say if you were leading a team of evangelists onto a college campus right now or or in a maybe at the send twenty twenty one what would you tell them? How would you encourage them? Um, I, I feel something stirring in my heart, and that, that's exactly what I would tell them. Um, what I would tell them is to not focus on the results, but focus on walking in love towards the people that you meet. You know, the, the heart of God is full of love. We know that. First John chapter 4 says, God is love. So God's heart is full of love for people. Jesus, he did what he did because he loved people. He didn't want to advertise his brand. He actually wanted to love people out of hell into the kingdom of God. And that's what I would tell people right now. If you're listening, you want to grow in stepping out. You want to take risks. I just want to encourage you to love people right where they're at. Have God's heart for them. And all the things that we just talked about, they're going to follow you because faith works through love. And faith is actually the the currency in the kingdom of heaven that in a sense purchases miracles, signs, wonders, and, and all those things. And the verse that I want to give to you for that is in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, uh, verse 8. It says this, it says, love never fails. Okay, so whatever you do, if it's rooted in the love of God, it's not a failure, no matter how people respond to you. If someone cusses you out, and you feel terrible afterwards, you can know that it's a full-on success in the kingdom of heaven. It's not a failure. Something that God revealed to me um, a couple of years ago is that their response is never my responsibility. You know, so whatever people say to me, do to me, as long as I know that I walk in love and I'm obedient to what God tells me in the moment, I never have to feel like a failure. So that's what I want to encourage you with. Walk in love. And it will activate the miraculous in your life. You're going to see people saved, healed, delivered. And suddenly you're going to start feeling so alive on the inside because that's what you were created to do. That's so right. And I just want to add to that. Um, don't just do evangelism to get people to pray a prayer. Marcel's really good at discipling people and pointing them in the right direction. And, you know, evangelism without discipleship is just irresponsible. Yeah. Because if you lead someone to Christ and then they have nowhere to go, no discipleship, eventually their life's going to probably go back down the same path that it was on before you led them to Christ. And their, um, their conclusion is going to be that God doesn't exist. And if he does, he doesn't want to help them. So always have a plan in place, have discipleship programs in place, have a church to point them to. As my one of my favorite preachers, Joel Osteen, says, get them into a Bible-based church. Because the come truth on, is, um, their own learning and growing has to come from the Bible, has to come from the Lord. But you're the one that's taken their life, uh, the responsibility for their life into your hands by leading them to the Lord. Then make sure that you have a place to send them. So that's my own advice. It's helped me a lot. Now, Marcel, do you have anything else to add in before we wrap it up? Um, actually, I think we covered pretty much everything. So, yes, sir. All right. I'm good. Awesome. Thank you so much. It's been really good, really informative. And yeah, uh, thanks for letting me jump on, bro. It's such an honor, and I love what you do, bro. I love um, how you're inviting people and just really have a heart for God's kingdom. So I honor you. 
in that. And whoever's you know listening, if you're not subscribed yet to Brit's podcast, just go ahead and do that right now. It will be a blessing to your life. I believe that with my whole heart. He's a great guy, not just on the podcast, but also um, unplugged. You know, he's a fun, great guy that loves Jesus with all his heart. So go ahead and do that. There, I honored you too, a bit. <laughs> Thank you. You're really good at that. And I feel just hyped up by the Lord right now. So cool. That was probably the <laughs> shortest one. That's for the people with short attention spans, but it got some information out there. So I just want to say goodbye, good night. I don't even know when you listen to this. Uh, hopefully, um, you know, you're doing good and you can evangelize now. But I love you. I don't even know you. Have a good night. I don't know where I would go without your hand leading me. I don't know if I would stay without your love anchoring each day. Cause I am wild at heart. I need your love to chase me from the start. Oh, I am wild at heart. I need your love to chase me. From the start